Hello and welcome to MMA Fight Club. I'm your host, Manuel Galarza, and this is the PFL number five full card recap. The event just finished up here on ESPN. I'm going to give a full card breakdown of the results, the betting implications. This card was nuts. There was dogs all over the place. I'll start with the main event, which was McDonald and Tabal, and I'll work my way back down all the way through the prelims. So let me preface this before I even get into the results real quickly that PFL, I hate to say it, I, I like watching it. It's just another night of the week. It's like Thursday night football for NFL guys. Like, you know, it's Thursday night football or Sunday night football. Just another day, another time to get more football in. That's how I see PFL. But gosh darn it, like it's so hard to really get a feel for for these numbers are bananas. And the dogs are like, you know, there was like plus 400 guys winning tonight all over the place, up and down. So I think when you're betting PFL in the short term, at least for myself, and as I do prediction videos moving forward with regards to PFL, really gonna just touch upon the fact that these situations are very like moving parts. You don't know a lot about these guys. It's just very shifty. And you're probably better off putting a lot more sprinkles in the dogs. I used to do that when I first started watching PFL, when I was like casual, chilling, like just looking a little spice, just to, just to root for someone. Now I'm diving deeper into the into the guys that are fighting on PFL and I'm doing a bunch of research and it's like, you know, paralysis by analysis, right? That phrase of just, you know, just looking at things too much. I did it with the sci fight. You know, I looked at the sci fight, I went through three, four deep of you know, of size fights and looked at Kachenko and I went back and forth and I I landed on Kachenko several times and obviously I was wrong. Anyway, let's start off here with the main card, which was a wild ending in terms of the judges' scorecards, like my goodness. Now, you know, full disclosure, I placed some like last minute parlay bets with some NBA and, you know, some baseball and I put in some bets on Tibau. And my thought process was like, this whole card has been really screwy and dogs are winning left and right. So hell with it, you know, just put something, you know, on Tibau, put a little sprinkle. So I put Tibau in like six or seven different parlay pieces, you know, cause the numbers were pretty big. It was like plus at the time, gosh, let me look at what it was at the time because it had gone up, right? It had gone up. Let me see if I can find it real quickly here. Anyway, it, it was upwards around plus 500 or so on DraftKings. Um, and it started off initially at uh, around plus 350. Anyway, the numbers were pretty good. So I threw some sprinkles on Tabao. Watched the fight, you know, bare knuckles thinking, come on, man, like you could pull it off. Because a few times he tagged Rory. And that's the one thing I'm going to give McDonald. I like. I like what I saw from him in this fight. Like, he lost the fight in terms of the judges' scorecards, but that's bullshit because he did win. I'm calling bullshit right now. And this is full honesty here because I clearly just told you I placed some parlay bets last minute on, on Gleason to Bile. And I didn't place any bets pre-fight on McDonald's because McDonald's was huge favorite coming into this fight. So, you know, I had no interest in putting a bet on Rory, and I had confidence that Rory would win in the prediction show. We said Rory would probably win the fight, but stay away from it because he was a huge favorite. He ended up closing at minus 950. Whoa, whoa, just whoa, that's what I thought. So, yeah, I'm looking at my tickets here that I got here last at the last, like, you know, hour or so for Gleason. They were plus 625. Wow. So, yeah. My goodness, the numbers really shifted there. And, you know, when you hear the judges' scorecards, when they, f well, let me just review the fight, how it went. It's three fairly close rounds, but Rory is getting more more volume. He's he's landing more punches. 
As you can imagine, the way Tibau fights, you know, he throws hard punches, but he's not going to throw a ton of volume. Like, he's not going to, like, throw double, triple jabs and stuff like that. He's going to, you know, one jab followed by one punch, try to grab you, whatever. He couldn't really get any takedown action. They had some moments in the ground, but then he quickly got back up. And no one got hurt. Now, both guys took some serious punches. I did see both guys taking some some hits, and I thought to myself, wow, both guys are, are showing a good chin. No one like cardio, like no cardiac arrest, no issues with, you know, stamina, which I thought might happen to Tabao a little bit, but it didn't. Um, I thought round three for sure went to Gleason Tabao. That's probably the round for sure I think everyone would agree on. Now, when they did, like, the voting after the fight, they had the voting numbers for, like, the audience and the and like the, the little point system they have. And there was some discrepancies on who thought the third round went to who. But <clears throat> in my book, I thought Tabal got the third round. But first and second round seemed pretty clearly to go to Rory McDonald. And I think the judges did that whole, like, well, at least one judge thought Rory won because it was a split decision. So one judge thought Rory won, and the other two, I guess, thought Gleason Tabal won. I think it was just they didn't look at the first two rounds heavy enough. They weren't sure. Third round happens. Gleason kind of wins the third round. They're like, oh, yeah, fuck it. We're going to give it to Gleason. He wins the fight, you know. So when they announced the first card, which was like whatever, 29-28 for Tabao, for Gleason Tabao, like everyone, I, I even myself, I'm watching the fight thinking, oh, yeah, well, this is going to go to R- Rory. I thought he won. Like all the little compu box or little computer programs they're using over there at PFL, they all had, you know, Rory winning. All the, the media members calling the fight, the, you know, the broadcast guys, they all had, you know, a Rory winning. Then they had, like, a little vote in. People can call the fans vote. Every single person had Rory McDonald winning the fight. I had thought Rory McDonald won the fight, and here I was placing a wager on Gleason. And so they announced the first card, 29-28 for Gleason to bow. And when I heard that shit, I'm like, oh, my God. This freaking card all night long with the dogs here we go and then he announced the next one is obviously for you know rory and i'm thinking okay this is just a little bit of drama they're not going to really give this fight to gleason and then the third card they give it to gleason this was this was messed up in terms of the actual win loss for rory but in the big scheme of things it's not that bad of a deal for rory because there's like a whole playoff system here for pfl he moves on to the playoffs I think so does Gleason. He moves on to the playoffs, or maybe he, I don't know. There's a whole playoff system. Rory's still moving on. It's not the end of the world. He fought a good fight. His chin looked good. That's a big, like, big check mark there. So as he goes into his next fight, I like that he was able to take some big, big punches, took him well, and moved on. But yeah, crazy here. We were on Gleason. I'm, I'm sorry, we were on um, <laughs> Gleason. Yeah, right. We were on Gleason pre fight. We were on McDonald pre fight. He was like a minus 560 when he first opened up. We said not to bet it, but we thought he would win. Look at that. Main car blew up in the face. All right, now, let's go down to the co-main event, and that featured our boy here, Ray Cooper, the Hawaiian-slash-Samoan-slash-American versus Nikolai Aleksakin. All right, if you recall the re the prediction show, we were really torn back and forth, not sure. This fight was pretty close. Um, when it was all said and done, I did think Cooper won. Decision did go to Cooper. Um, he tried to get takedowns, and, like, first two rounds could not get takedowns. So, like, Nicola did a really good job of, you know, takedown defense. I think there was, like, four or five punches in terms of the overall fight that Ray Cooper landed that were just the four or five best, hardest, biggest punches. Now, did Nicola land a few clean punches? Yeah, but the four or five best moments where someone really landed a big shot, it was by Cooper. Nicola was doing a lot of backing up. Cooper was stalking him, walking him down. 
you know, I think the, the striking numbers were somewhere in the similar range, if I recall, after the fight when they went over it. Um, overall, Cooper won the fight. You know, this fight came down to who was the wrestler because there was a moment or two where Cooper was able to get Nikolai down, especially in round three. And if you're watching the fight, you're thinking round three probably was the deciding round. So round three is like pretty neck and neck on the feet. Cooper's able to get a takedown. That's big. You know, ends up getting you know, a little bit of ground and pound, just a tiny bit. He's not a very busy fighter when he's on top and the bottom. He likes to just sort of hold. And and he did have some back position as well in round two. So, you know, he got two of the three rounds. He won the fight. Um, he opened with a, like a plus, like plus 150. It was almost a pick him, but he was a slight dog initially. We were on him, though we had admitted it was like 50-50. Couldn't, like, couldn't get, you know, for sure a good read on it. Ended up going towards Cooper. If they fight that fight a few more times, who knows what happens. You know, Cooper likes to brawl. One last thing on this. He likes to brawl. He likes to swing. And, you know, that's all good and dandy until somebody clips you. So, nice win for Cooper. He moves on again in whatever this playoff system is. Nikolai, from what I remember the announcers saying, he was not eligible to move on in the PFL playoff. So, he was just sort of like coming in here as a mercenary to... I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. But basically, he couldn't really move on to the playoffs. All right, let's move on down here to... Oh, my gosh. All right, so this next one here, a little quirky because it ends in a draw, right? So Emilio Sorti versus Dan Spawn. I gave it away, ended in a draw. Now, I believe what ends up happening here... Yeah, that's right. Okay, so Dan Spawn starts to fight off. He, he He's looking good. And I'm thinking I had him in a few last minute... You know, I was just like sprinkling, just teasing, a little parlay action, you know, because... If you looked at the prelim card first, you know, and I'm going backwards out through this review, I'm going backwards down through the card. But the prelims, if you saw the prelims, like dogs were winning all over the place. So you're like, oh, okay. By the end of the card, you're like, ah, sprinkle a little dog over here, dog over there. So I thought Dan Spawn, why not? I heard some handicappers saying he looks pretty good. Maybe he's maybe worth it. So I, you know, I get I get a high, I get a low. I'm like, oh, he's going to, oh, maybe. And then, you know, he, he just immediately gets himself in trouble. So first round starts, he looks good. He's throwing some punches. You know, gets a good position on the ground, but then gives up position on the ground, just gets sloppy, weird, ends up on the back himself. Then ends up in this, like, if you can imagine, sort of on his back, but trying to sit up. And he's got his head, like, buried in the stomach area of Sorty, who's sort of on his knees and sort of, you know, pushing back and not letting um, Spawn come up. Spawn stays there and takes, like, 70-something shots. I'm not kidding. Like, literally, the, the, the punchology or whatever stats they're using there for the... Had, like, 70 strikes for Sorty in the first round alone. And it was, like, literally on the ground there where Spawn is just, like, being stubborn, trying to change positions and not trying to block the punches and taking a ton of punches to the back of the head, side of the head, top of the head. Not hard, but annoying. Eventually gets a warning for Sorty. Eventually, Sorty gets a point taken. Uh, look, I'm going to say it because I watched the fight. Sorty probably hit Spawn in the back of the head clean, like strictly back of the head, probably at least 20 times. I don't know what the referee was waiting for to give him the first warning. I don't think Sorty was trying to be dirty. Like Spawn was just burying his head, gave him the back of the head. That's a weird rule as it is, especially if you give someone the back of your head. That means you're not trying to protect the back of your head either, right? So, but he took a point from Sorty, which is why this ends up being a draw. See, if you're following me. So first round should have gone strictly to Sorty. Some people said it could have been a 10-8 round. It was very dominant. Just Dan Spawn did nothing but try to change positions on the bottom. He was on the bottom, couldn't get up, just took a bunch of headshots, stupid fighting, didn't look good after initially starting the round on a good note. So, all right, fast forward to round two and round three. I guess they gave one. They gave round two. No, they gave round three probably to Dan Spawn because Dan Spawn had a, a, a more active round three. Sorty was very tired in round three. They were both tired, but Sorty like really slowed down. 
didn't have much in the way of punching or kicking. Dan was landing some kicks, and when he would kick Sorty's leg, you know, Sorty would like kind of fall off balance. Like every time he looked tired, just really fatigued. And so, I guess they give round three to Dan Spawn, and then they give round two to Dan uh, for Sorty, and then they would have given round one to Sorty too, but they take a point away from Sorty in round one because he did hit Spawn in the back of the head. I mean. I feel like there should have been an official warning first. Maybe I didn't hear that warning because it's like he hits him in the back of the head like good 20 times. And then there's like a weird transition and the ref's like, all right, time out, get up. And then I'm taking a point, I'm taking a point, and now you're on your feet. And it's like, damn, he hit him so many times in the back of the head. I don't I don't know what changed now. But anyway, um, kind of a up and down roller coaster there, like I said, because I thought last minute, here's Dan Spawn. He has a chance. In the first 30 seconds or so, he looked good in the fight, and then it just went downhill. I was actually looking to live bet, possibly, on Sorty, because he looked really good, too. But then by round three, it, like, shifted back. Sorty looked tired. Kind of a, yeah, kind of a weird fight. Anyway, ends in a draw. So if you have mine in the fight, obviously, your book, your bookmaker, bookkeeper, whatever you're, you're using, it's just sort of a push, right? So if it's in a parlay, it's, well, just, just a push, right? Okay, so that... Uh, that wraps up the Sorty and Spawn fight. All right, let's go on down to Ferreira and Camozzi. Okay, so Chris Camozzi, you know, there was talk this week. You know, he came in here at the plus 245 dog. There was talk this week, like, if he could fight the right fight. You know, you worry about his chin sometimes. You know, you worry. You always worry a little bit about cardio with him, too. I hate to say it. Like, especially if he's fighting a very active fight with a guy who's pushing the tempo, which wasn't really the case here. I'm going to just put this out there because I've been doing this recently and it's been working out for me in terms of calling out guys that are just, you know what, they're just they're, they're over top of that peak and they're straight downhill now. Cesar Ferreira, man, dude, he looks so old at some point and he looks so so slow. And, um, yeah, slow and old. And I remember seeing him in the pre-fight and thinking, wow, you know, he's you know he's a good-looking dude, like keeps himself together. You know, he's, you know, you got to think. I mean, how, how old is Cesar here? Let me... Uh, Pull up his uh, bio real quick. So Caesar's 34 years. I'm sorry, 34 years old. He's 36 years old and four months. So he's just really just flat on 36 years old. And then Chris Camozzi is 34, right? But like if you watch the way that fight unfolds and watch the way their body language and everything at the end of the fight, and granted Chris Camozzi was winning and Camozzi had top position and was able to, you know, take Ferrer to the ground and dominate pretty much all ground position and dominate striking and at times Caesar looked like he was going to give up a submission he looked like he was just give up in general but my point is Caesar looked like a 46 year old man compared to like Chris you know Chris looked like he was a young 30s still kind of approaching in the in the midst of his prime whereas Caesar just looked old looked tired looked defeated um, gave up position so like he knew at some point in second third round he's losing the fight you know his corner is talking to him about it doesn't really resist position. He's like, you know what? I'm, you know, it, look, it's that it's that look. You've, we, we've all seen it. You know, we're thinking a fighter is going to do something. Next thing you know, that fighter's on their back, and they just have no plan. Their cardio is not up to speed. They they can't. Like, you could have all the little like you know r moves to transition and do all the shrimping you want to do down there. You know, it all sounds great. You know, it's like coaches are screaming, "Hey, shrimp out!" You know, come on, put your pull your knees in, like. You know, whatever, like pull guard, like all this stuff. It sounds great until you've got someone on top of you. You're completely shot. And that's what's happening there. And for Ferreira, bad look, man. I'll tell you what. He was minus 345. Huge, huge favorite coming in here. And Chris Camozzi just 
boom, I guarantee you this shattered some parlays. Now, pre-fight, we were on Ferreira. I'm looking back at this and saying, bad move. Should have looked at this more closely. Just completely bad. Bad, bad, bad. Bad on my part. Got it wrong. LLL completely off across the board. So that's on me. If you're tailing tailing our bets, you know, again, we didn't place a bet on this, but still we did say he was going to win. So if you took that advice and placed this in a parlay, completely take full responsibility on that. That's completely my bad. Um, as for Chris Camozzi, nice win. Really stepped up. Looked good. He was a class above Caesar. Maybe Caesar four or five years ago could have been a bigger, I don't know, better opponent here. But at no point was he even really ch challenging Chris Camozzi. So anyone who was on Camozzi, I heard some stuff, some handicappers, some people suggesting Dogger Pass. That's great advice. You know, uh, we had this wrong here. All right, let's move on down to the prelims. Okay. The main event of the prelims featured Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Vinny Magalhaes. You know, this fight ends with a nutcracker, right? So Antonio Carlos drops a knee. It's They're both in the – they're like in a clinch, right? So it's not, you know, it's not malicious. They're in the clinch. He drops a knee, hits Vinny in the nuts. This happens in round one. Everything up to that point was starting to lead towards Carlos Jr. gaining the momentum. You know, how convenient is it that here's Carlos starting to move, move into position, get into the clinch, starting to get busier. You know, I had a lot of questions about Vinny coming to this fight because he hasn't fought since Nam. Like, the dude is just not very active. But Vinny gets hit in the cup. And look, man, I mean, for all those out there who've worn a cup, you know, I, you know I've rolled in the mat in my day, you know, and, you know, at times I would wear a cup if I had to even have my gi on or if, if I didn't even have my gi. Sometimes it just depends what I'm doing, you know. But there was times when I didn't have a cup on. And I rolled for hours with dudes. Like, I'm talking knees and the chest and the hips. And, like, obviously, you know not to put your knee, like, on someone's junk. Like, you know, male or female when you're rolling. You know, like, so here's my point. Like, that cup, like, it's a big thing. You see the new cups. They're huge now. I think guys get these big cups just to be like, look how endowed I am. You know what I'm saying? So if you get knee in that shit, like, could it, could it, like, shake up your junk a little bit? Could it shake up your boys and, like, give you a little bit of, like, that lower abdominal discomfort we all know about gentlemen um yeah but this dude ends up falling down like he he never gets up he takes this yoga position flat down knees curled up face down i never even see his face at one point i get up i get a drink i come back i look at the monitor and i see this dude still down he hasn't moved i'm like is this really gonna happen and yeah that's it the fight ends like that no contest and completely uneventful for Antonio Carlos Jr., he's like, I came in here minus 265. This is going to be kind of an easy fight. And it was setting up to be an easy fight for him. I wasn't sure when I broke down the film 100% either way. Matter of fact, I remember specifically saying that I think Jr. will win, not betting on him. Minus 265 just didn't feel super comfortable. I was worried about the unknown, about Vinny, M Vinny Magalhaes is coming in here and maybe like just I don't know being a whole different fighter hadn't fought in like three years just having no he came in here he had like one or two little moments in the beginning threw a few little shots and then dare I say just got tired decided you know what Phew, man I don't know man maybe I made a mistake coming back to this whole MMA thing took a knee to the nuts or the or the cup which is the cup is like bulletproof takes a knee to the cup flat down on the ground you know what I'm done I'm getting out of here so yeah, kind of shitty. I, I I don't like that. I don't like that. I, I think, I don't know what I think. I don't know. There should be some better better way because clearly there's no way, like, I mean, maybe he's the first guy ever that, I don't know, maybe his, 
he's the first guy ever who like the cup broke or something. He actually really got hurt with the, with the knee to the nuts with the cup. I don't know, kind of weak. Anyway, let's move on down here to um, the next fight down on the prelims, which was Corey Hendricks. This one right here versus Martin Martin Hamlet Nielsen. So Hamlet Nielsen two and a half rounds. He wins two and a half rounds, right? The proverbial like. It's a four-quarter game, right? Or it's a three-round fight, or it's a five-round fight. Dude, for two and a half rounds, is winning the fight, especially the first two rounds. You're like, oh man, look at this. You know, I was I was high on him, parlayed him, all over the junk. <laughs> Had two units on him, so two hundred bucks straight up, Bob, I out the window. So super stoked on him, and I thought early in the fight, I was like, well, you know, there's a few moments got a little sloppy. I was like, Hendricks had a window or two. Hendricks was, you know, doing a few nice things, throwing a few, like, leg kicks. But then, like, Nielsen Hamlet got strong on him, started taking him down, started doing some good things. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, shit. Third round. Here we go. Hamlet comes out there. He he gets stunned. You can see that's what this starts with. Like, it all starts right there. All the shit starts rolling down right there. He takes a jab and a cross, does that, like, Oh, uh, you know, a little, little waver, but, you know, he started, you know, listen, it's one thing to be hurt <laughs> and it's one thing to be tired, right? And then it's a whole other can of worms to be hurt and tired. So here he was already getting fatigued. Then he gets stunned, you know, shows in he, what he showed in this fight is that he has room to grow as a fighter. He can make improvements here. Okay. Meaning that he can get better with his cardio. I hope. Okay, he could also understand if I'm coming out, like let's say that's a fifth round of another fight in a few years for him, a championship fight, a fifth round fight. Got to know his gas tank, got to know where you're at, got to be on your P's and Q's, know you're tired, know your limitations. Came out round three like just a newbie, man, like a virgin, just didn't freaking know what he was about, didn't realize his gas tank, you know, gets into it there with, with a fighter who's got nothing to lose. You know, Hendricks is coming in here like he's only... He only fought like a handful of fights, 10, 11 fights himself. Like this white boy's coming in here like, all right, I got something for you. Come, come on over here, Nielsen. Engages with him, stuns him. He says, forget about those first two rounds you may have won. Ends up taking him to the ground, getting position on him, and Nielsen is just gassed. He's got nothing. He's crawling around like a baby on all fours. The dude's on his back, and he's like, I don't care, man. If you want to put your arm around my neck, here. He's like, here. Here's my neck. You know, you've got <laughs> you've got Corey putting his arm around his neck, and Nielsen's making no attempt to even block the arm. He's just walking, trying to walk away on all fours. This is going down for like 30, 40 seconds, and I'm like, man, if Corey just could get into position, he could just end this with a rear naked choke. And, of course, that's what happens. He gets both hooks in. He's on his back. He's got this buffoon Nielsen Hamlet, the, the parlay destroyer over here <laughs> Hamlet Nielsen and he gets submitted with not a lot of time left in the fight um maybe I don't know 40 seconds or so now it would have been interesting to see let's say if that fight had gone to the scorecards wow that would have been a barn burner I, because that last round was getting ugly could have been a 10-8 maybe another draw I don't know would have been interesting but yeah for Marth Marthin Hamlet Nielsen you know he falls to seven and two so he's still early in his career has some improving to do, but you got to wrap up that cardio. Got to improve the fighter IQ a little bit. That was definitely the lowest point of the night on the entire card because I had the most action on 
that particular fighter. And for two and a half rounds, I was, uh, you know, like, I got this. I got this. You know, we're good. So, all right, let's move on down here to the next fight. That was Joao Zeferino versus Jason Pone. So, Mr. Zeferino got hurt early in this fight. All right, if you didn't watch the fight, there was a moment or two where Jason clocked him, and I was like, oh, Jesus, you know. And the way, again, this fight, these fights went tonight. Zeferino was a minus 400 favorite, and Pone was plus 275. You know, Hendricks was a plus 150. He won his fight against Hamlet, who was minus 200. So, I was thinking at this point, anything's possible. But Zeferino showed good fighter IQ, was able to manage himself, was able to, you know, to basically weather whatever punches he took, and then able to basically, t round two, round two, he gets Jason on the ground, gets Jason in uncomfortable positions. Jason Panay barely, barely could even defend himself against the, the, the arm triangle choke. Ends up like falling asleep, couldn't even tap. So, you know, Zeferino gets a nice win, second round win, kind of dominated Jason Panay here. But, you know, we'll see what Zeferino gets next. Um, he's a good fighter, but 26 and nine, you know, he's still, he's got some holes in his game. Uh, leaves himself open and you know i'm not even sure about his takedown defense and his in, in his ground defense in general if he fights a good fighter who's good on the ground so but over jason pone a lot of people were on zeferino he was a minus 400 favorite he got the win that's that we didn't do any betting on zeferino but we did pick him to win all right so next fight down we've got magomed magomed karamov versus curtis melander and so this fight right here ends with a submission, Ezekiel Choke, and that's in round one. If you're just reading it and you're looking at it, you're like, oh, this guy was like a minus 1,000, Magomed Magomedov. He got a first-round submission over Curtis Melander. Smooth, easy, easy-peasy, right? No, 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 no. Um, there was a moment in the first, uh, yeah, in the first minute or so of this round, there was a moment where Curtis lands a few lower leg kicks, and one of them hits Magomed so hard that Magomed, you can see, takes a full like limp. Like you're wondering, oh, did he hit, did he hit that nerve? You know, you hear about this magic nerve in the leg, which I think is kind of horse shit. I think it's more like, listen, if you just hit him in the right spot, you can injure them. If you hit him hard enough enough times, it's just bruised. Like this idea of this, this magic nerve, you've been hearing these like announcers say, if you hit it right in a certain way, then like it goes limp all the way up to the sides of the hip. Like, listen, there was that one fight with Crone, was it? I think it was Crone a month or so ago where he got hit in the leg and his 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 shit really did kind of go deaded out. But that's like one in a million. Overall, you're getting kicked there. It hurts. It's it's painful. You have to adjust. Anyway, Magomed, Magomed gets a hard kick taken to the leg and he's limping and then he changes like legs. You can see he's adjusting. Curtis notices it, takes a few more swipes at it. Now you see Magomed like really adjusting, like kind of jumping back, like changing, you know, changing position. He's... He doesn't want to get hit in that leg anymore. So at that point, you're wondering, all right, how long can this go on? And if he gets kicked in that leg a few more times, could this be a complete upset right here? Because it's like only a minute into the fight. It's not like it's a third round. And he's been hitting the leg for three rounds. This is happening in the first like 30 seconds to a minute of the first round. So you're thinking this is a legit kick injury. Something happened there. Some kind of an injury on that kick. Anyway, Magomed like turns up the heat. He's like, all right, I can't stand here for three rounds with this guy. Just gets the, goes ahead, gets a nice shot on Curtis Melander, brings him to the ground, makes smooth transitions, goes ahead and gets an Ezekiel choke and just like, hey, what's good? As soon as Magomed stands up after the judge says, okay, you got it, he limps back. He limps back to his corner like there's no, like there's, there's no like if, ands, or buts. He's limping. Like he's got some pain in that leg. So kind of got out of here with a win which was which was nice but in this fight even though we didn't bet on it 
It was no parlay, you know, nothing I liked about it, nothing about Melander as an underdog. It just goes to show you when you have a dog situation and this car was full with filled with those dogs, like for example, like Kamazi, like I guess if there's a dog and it's got a nice big plus number and there is some kind of maybe possible way, 10, 15% chance, like there it's not a complete blowout situation. It's nice to just sprinkle a you know a little a little something every now now and then in these dogs, especially when it comes to PFL, right? We look at this card, and this card is a is a you know stark reminder. You've got to consider playing with the dogs because there's some value there. It's it's hard to find them because it's hard to predict, but they're there. They're alive here on PFL. All right, let's go ahead and move on down to this was the second fight of the night: Old Man Tom Lawler versus Jordan Young. Got this one completely wrong as well. Um, and overall, after after I'm done going over these last two fights, I'll just give you a quick summary of how we did and where our picks were right and wrong. Anyway, got this one wrong. Uh, Lawler came in here. You know, dude looked like he just jumped into the fountain of youth. I don't really get it. He looked old, slow, old and slow. 38-year-old dude looked super old and slow in his last few fights. I broke those fights down. I talked about the prediction video. I thought this was an easy one. I didn't recommend betting on it, and I didn't bet on it at all because Jordan Young was minus 400. I just didn't see any value there. Um, but, man, if I had to look at this all again and I had to look at the fights, the prior fights again, I still would tell you Jordan Young by submission, uh, Jordan Young wins the fight. But when you watch the fight, I came away thinking, was Jordan Young like not ready to fight tonight? Did he not want to go out there and fight? He looked like he was a sparring partner and he was in a sparring session, and he was like the sparring partner. Like, he was not the main fighter. He was there just to spar, get a good sweat. Like, don't get too hurt. Nobody takes any hard shots. I'll be glad to be on my back on the ground. That's all right with me. And, I, you know, maybe because he's always thinking he can get a submission, and that's why he's okay being on his back. I don't know. But the fight was never close. Lawler gets the striking advantage on the ground. He gets a takedown advantage on the ground. He gets ground position. By end of round two, the writing's on the wall, and Lawler's just dominating positions, and Young is like, yeah, I'm I'm just here to get a check, I guess. I don't know. I'm, am I supposed to win? Am I supposed to fight? It was weird. I wouldn't be, like, super shocked, but I wouldn't wish it on somebody. But, like, if something comes out later that he was sick, something in camp, bad weight cut, just was not locked in. Now, post-fight, it was nice to see that Lawler comes over, puts his gloves down on the ring, in the middle of the ring, or middle of the octagon, and basically signals that that's his last fight he's going to fight. He is 38 years old, very well-respected, very nice guy. So from that perspective, I'm happy to see him, if this is the end of the road, go out like that with a W. Now, there's a slight chance he makes the playoffs, so I guess it's premature. Maybe he's going to fight again. Um, just a classy guy, nice guy. Um, as for Young, complete goose egg here. Lawler was plus 275. You know, if you were out there, if you were on it, drop it in the comment section. If you thought Lawler was going to win... Or I should rephrase that. If you just happen to put a sprinkle on Lawler, because you're like, ah, what the hell, right? Dogger pass. Put it in the description. Of, put it in the comments. Let me know your let me know your situation. What you decided to do. How you won. What your ticket was. Take a screenshot. Put it in there, because that's awesome. I saw no way in hell does Lawler's 38 years old as able to move quick enough to deal with Young. But as slow as he was, Young came in there and said, "Listen, man, hold my beer, bro. I'm gonna be even slower." And even less enthusiastic and just let you move me around and take the win from me. So, sorry, Jordan Young. Just calling it like I see it, Holmes. So, Jordan Young falls to 11-2. and two, And the old man, Lawler, finishes up his career, I guess, as 11-8. and eight. Good luck to you, buddy, if you're moving on. And if you're not moving on, um, don't stay around too long because 38 is about the limit. 
All right, let's move on to the first fight of the night. And this one here was another L. This was another L. Overall, in terms of this card, we went four and five, right? So the ones we got right were Cooper over Nikolai. We've got Sorty over Spawn. We got Zephyrino over Ponang. We got Magomed over Melander. And those are the four we got right. The ones we got incorrect were the main event. Okay, we had McDonald over Tabal. We had um, also the main card. We had Ferreira over Camozzi. We had Nielsen over Hendricks, which was wrong as well. We had Young beating Lawler, which was also wrong. And then the first fight of the night, which was Konchenko beating Sai. And I'll tell you, man, I'm, this was one of the roughest cards, I think, overall, in terms of all the cards we've done, all the cards we've been breaking down and previewing here at MMA Fight Club. This is by far, because we've never fallen below 500 on, a, on just a win-loss on a card. So it's the first time for everything. There's no excuses. Got to be better than this. So we finished four and five, and you know some of these fights, I'll tell you what, if we're not sure, better off not betting on the fight or not putting a full projection on it. So again, that's also bad, bad, bad on my part. If I don't know, we don't know, better off just saying a dog or pass or just simply say we're going to move on. So some of these fights here really was more confident than I thought, and this, this Konchenko fight over Sai was one of them. If you recall the prediction show, I think I said, quote, some other handicappers are on side, and I just went back and looked at everything all again, and no, 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 I think it's going to be Alexei. Alexei's going to win, and completely eh, fail here, complete fail. Um, the one thing that I mentioned, I'm not saying I am right because I completely was wrong on this one, but the one thing that I did mention and I was aware of, does Sai use his distance, his length, does he get better at pushing pace? Does he become a little busier of a fighter? Because that was my criticism of him in terms of his glaring weakness, his pace. Like he's willing to back up, fight in his heels. He has length. He has some kicking game, but like, you know, just was slow with it. Wasn't pushing the tempo at times. In this fight, he completely did all that. He looked like he went back to the well and just completely refined all his tools and you know, went back to the basics, just, you know, not a whole new fighter per se, because you saw some of the things that he did tonight in other fights that he's fought in, but man, he looked sharp. The kicking game was strong. He looked good. Um, for Alexei Konchenko, wow, you were 20-0, and 0, and now you're 20-3. and 3. When it rains, it pours. I thought this was the time for him to get a W and get back in the win column. He did win a fight, so it wasn't, I mean, I'm sorry, he did win a round, so it wasn't like he got completely rolled over here. But, yeah, he just couldn't keep up with Sai's striking. Um, couldn't get him to the ground. That was another thing. Sai just showed really good takedown defense. Alexei tried to get him to the ground, you know, being the Russian fighter. But couldn't really do it. Um, I think he may have got him to the ground partially one time, but Sai popped right back up. And, yeah, Sai looked good. If you were on Sai coming into this fight, he was a plus 150, another dog. And that's actually a good way to sort of begin our summary in terms of the dogs here on the card that hit, um, Sai was 150. He won. Lawler was plus 275. He won. Hendricks was plus 150. He won. That was all in the prelims. On the main card, Kamozi was plus 245, and he won. Um, and Cooper was even. So he was even money by the time the fight started. And then Tabao, which was like plus 600. So, you know, you're looking at these numbers, and it just, look, I, I have to... I'm going to store this in my mental bank, and I suggest all of you listening do the same. PFL and Bellator, one TNT, 
Invicta, all, Invictus, all these different promotions, unless it's UFC. And look, even some of that UFC Vegas nonsense, some of those fights, you know, they're shaky, man. You're looking at some of these guys like, where did they pull this dude from? He's still in the roster, really? So, like, when you get that lower level MMA, like, anything's possible. You know, no one has a crystal ball, but I'm looking at this card, PFL, and I'm banging myself in the head for even thinking that I was so sure on some of these spots. I, I can't be so sure. It's PFL, it's Bellator, these other promotions. It's hard to get a good feel. You're better off casually betting these promotions and just putting a sprinkle on some dogs. Like, I got lucky, like I said, put something on Tabal tonight, plus 650, threw them in some parlays just to be fun, whatever, and it jacked up the numbers of my parlays, which is great, you know, so... Anyway, this wraps up uh, PFL number five. If you were tailing us, man, lo siento. My apologies. Isveniti, if I could say it in a few more languages, completely messed up here. Leave your comments in, in below. Feel free to you know leave some angry comments. Feel free to you know point the finger at me. Point the finger at MMA Fight Club. We failed you right here on PFL number five. Thought we had a good. We thought we had a good angle on some things. Didn't really work out. Uh, but it is what it is. Anyway, appreciate you guys stopping by. I appreciate you guys uh, watching our content as always. If you like the video, hit the like button, hit subscribe, um, come back, see some more of our videos. We try to cover uh, pre-fight and post-fight for Be Bellator, PFL, and UFC. And what that means, we're doing a prediction show for every one of those events each week that has an event during the week. And then we'll do a recap show like this shortly after the event ends. And then we have a Sunday show, which is called Caged Animals, which is like a weekend podcast. Anyway, all that information is in our description. I appreciate you guys stopping by. I hope you guys cash some winners because we didn't have a winning night here. It was rough, rough, rough. But we're on to UFC uh, this weekend, right? You got UFC. We've got the Korean Zombies. So that should be exciting. So anyway, thank you for stopping by. I appreciate you guys being here. Best of luck, and we'll see you guys soon.